0: Again, SMMarketingSociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works in social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Pelpina Trip, and we're going to talk about how to improve your presence on video. If you are struggling performing on video, you have a lot of thoughts in your head that say, I don't have what it takes, I don't know how to improve, I got to tell you, this episode is chalk full of solid gold. You're going to absolutely love it. By the way, I'm at Stelsner on Instagram. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show. So you don't miss any of our future content. I was recently at social media marketing world, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Palpina Trip. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Palpina Trip. If you don't know who Palpina is, you need to know Palpina. She's a video expert who helps businesses grow their visibility with online video. She's also author of Video Smart, Make Smartphone Videos Like a Pro. And her course is called Five Steps to Camera Confidence, Palpina welcome to the show.
1: Oh, Mike, thank you so much, especially for bringing me back. I'm so excited to talk to you today.
0: I'm very excited to have you back. Today, Pelpina and I are going to explore how to improve your video presence so you can improve your engagement and your sales. Let's start with this question. Why is today, 2022, when we're recording this, why is video so important for sales and marketing? And by the way, just a little context, there are plenty of people who are not doing video, right? There's plenty of marketers, entrepreneurs, creators listening right now that are maybe taking pictures and putting them on Instagram or maybe doing text-based updates on Facebook. Something hasn't really connected for them about video and maybe they're skeptical about whether they should even do anything on video. What do you want to say to those people?
1: Sure. Well, I understand. First of all, I understand. I train people every single day in creating videos, and I know the biggest hurdles. And I know that video is, to some people, a big step. But I really believe and I've seen that video is very powerful. Why? Not only because it's very visual and it's prioritized in a lot of social media on pretty much any social media website, but also because it's human. So the human element in video is what I think makes it so different and what makes it strong and what makes it stand out. So if you really want to make a connection with your audience, for people to trust you, trust your business, then using video can really help you stand out. And it has done it for me as well. So the human element makes it different.
0: Well, and the fact of the matter is that Mark Zuckerberg said focus on video to his development teams recently. Video is going to become a big part of Facebook. It's going to become a bigger part of Instagram. TikTok is obviously all video. LinkedIn is becoming more video centric. Twitter is a little late to a lot of these kind of parties, but they're also, they've got their live.
1: It's true, right? Yes.
0: They've got their live, but everyone is moving towards video. And it seems to me as if it's important for us marketers to embrace video. Now, what are some of the biggest things that are stopping people from actually doing video? Let's talk about some of the fears that are preventing maybe people like me, people like maybe you before you got into this world. You know, What are those things that are stopping people from actually turning on a camera and actually recording?
1: Right. Well, the number one thing people will always ask me before they start filming or whenever they have maybe a few plans to start, the first thing they always say, what should I get? Tell me what to buy. Should I get this microphone? Should I get this light? What should I get so I can create great videos? But let me tell you, it's not about that. Of course, it's important. And you know, I can tell you all about things you should get. And I can tell you about all about good light and good audio and having the right techniques. And yes, that's important. But what is way more important is how you or someone who you're interviewing, someone who is presenting on camera, how they are coming across and whether they can convey that message. And if you cannot convey a message if you get really nervous or if things become a bit awkward, if you get a little tongue twisted, you don't know the right words, and if you don't come across right, then that is really what is stopping a lot of people from even creating videos or even turning on their camera. It's the fear, the fear really of being afraid, the fear of failing. Everyone will see me. What will everyone Think. This is something I hear so often. What will people think? What will they think of me? So, you know, my face will be everywhere. Oh, it will be so awkward. And I understand, you know, I understand what that's like. I understand what that feels like. It feels like you're being very exposed. It feels very awkward. And I think it's a very natural feeling. It's a very natural fear to feel that way. So, if you look at history, right? Because I actually dove into this because I think it's really interesting to understand why we experience this, right? So why do we experience this fear? And it's very comparable to public speaking, actually. And I know you do this (laughs) as well. (laughs) So before you go on stage, and I'm sure we've all been there, even if you, you know, did a talk at high school or wherever, you have a meeting and you have to say something. All of us experience some type of, you know, awkwardness or maybe feeling a bit nervous and it's interesting because when you look at how this actually started to exist it was way you know in ancient times prehistoric times it was being watched was a threat right so if you felt an animal or someone was watching you that was an actual threat So you would experience, you know, fight or fly. You wanted to leave. You started to either run and that's the exact same feeling that you might experience now whenever you have to appear in front of an audience or appear in front of a camera. So maybe you will feel nervous. You feel sweaty. You feel like You're stumbling over your words. Your face is getting red. Um, So you experience the exact same thing that we as humans have experienced a long time. So really, it is in our DNA to experience this. And if you understand where it's coming from, then you can also, you know, understand how to overcome it. And you can. You can overcome it. You can work. You can work with it, actually.
0: I want to explore this a little bit deeper. I find this absolutely fascinating. First of all, you said essentially indirectly one of the fears is I don't have the right equipment, right? That's one of the first things you said and we know that that's ridiculous and we'll get to that a little bit more, but one of the deeper fears that people have is are people going to judge me, right? Or am I going to look like an idiot, right? And these are the thoughts that go through our mind, but the thing that you just talked about, which I find absolutely fascinating is that there might be some primal thing inside of us that doesn't like to have a bunch of people essentially looking at us. That's absolutely fascinating. I could see how that could trigger some sort of strange thing that we don't understand.
1: Isn't it fascinating? Yes.
0: And it is weird because I have two degrees in speech, undergrad and master's in speech communications. And I've trained in this and, It is true that public speaking is one of the biggest fears in the world, but what's weird about this is it's a camera. So why do you think in this particular case, it's one thing to get in front of a live audience. It's another thing to talk to a lens. Do you still feel like this is part of what's at play here?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I see the exact same reaction. It is, perhaps even a bit more awkward because it's not an actual human being you're Mm -hmm. talking to. So what's interesting about, you know, what we just talked about, there's a certain part of the brain, I believe it's called the amygdala that is being activated, right? Whenever you have this fear, what I find fascinating is one way to actually calm the amygdala is to think of who you're serving. (laughs) So in this case, it could be your viewers. And if you do that, so if you think of, hey, who am I actually talking to and how can I help them? So how can I serve others, perhaps through my knowledge or things that I can help with through my company? How can I serve them? And that can actually, that's one of the few things that can help calm down That part of your brain. And I do think, yes, that if you're in front of a camera, that the exact same part of your brain is activated because it's the exact same symptoms that I see people have. You know, I have people, I just recorded, I don't know, 50, 60 video pitches for a large international company. And it was all these sales executives and CEOs and people who really are not afraid to make a connection with other human beings. But as soon as they were in front of a camera and as soon as I started recording, they all did the exact same thing. So they all started asking for water. They started to look around. They started to have dry mouths. They were, you know, doing this with their hands. They didn't know what to do with their hands anymore. You know, started getting a little nervous. They forgot their lines. If they had any lines they really wanted to say. So it's a thing that I think All of us experience, and it's very comparable to speaking in front of an audience. And actually, maybe even a bit more awkward because you cannot talk to a human being, right? So, when I talk to you, I see you sitting, I see you responding, I see you nodding every once in a while, which is nice. But when you talk to a camera, there's nothing there, right? It's just a lens. And so, you also have to imagine that there's people there, there's a viewer there. And that's difficult because it's awkward and it's not real.
0: Fascinating. So one of the things you said we can do is imagine who we're serving. Mm. So I would imagine in that particular case, we imagine someone who's going to be watching that video. And maybe we have that someone in mind already because we have this target audience we know we're trying to reach. And maybe we can just imagine we're talking to someone who we know that meets that profile like maybe it's a relative, maybe it's a fellow employee, and you just imagine you're talking to that person. I would imagine it could help. But some of the other fears that people face are like uh, not knowing what to say. You know, it's one thing to just open your mouth and imagine, how do we overcome the, how do I control what comes out of my mouth?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Having a plan is what's most important here. Okay, so first you have to know your audience, right? Which what you just said. So if you want to serve someone, which by the way, has helped me tremendously. So I used to work in television and I was on TV news every day and I was nervous every single day trying to remember my lines. What really has helped me is when I went to online video and when I started to get to know my audience and I started to get to know the people And I was really doing it for them. So I was really trying to serve them, right? In whatever way you can truly believe in this, that if you can help others, if you can serve others through whatever you do, well, it makes the world a better place anyway, but it also helps you create better content. It helps you appear better in front of a camera. So it helps you with your message, but also with planning. So if you have focus, you have a video plan, for example, and you know your audience, you know who you're talking to, it can help you in getting your message across well. So I always talk about the three P's, people, platform, purpose, which also applies here. So people is your audience, your ideal viewer, if you know who your ideal viewer is, you also know where to reach them, the platform, right? So that could be Facebook or LinkedIn. And based on those first two, you can have focus. So you can think of, okay, what kind of video should I make? So I'm making a video for business owners on LinkedIn and LinkedIn, you know, you probably want to create a shorter video of one or two minutes. It probably should be square. So with the first two Ps, people and platform, you can already think of kind of a topic and you can have focus because, you know, well, it's only a minute or two. (laughs) And then, you know, then they're done because they're just scrolling through a feed. And the third P is purpose. So what would you like your viewer to do or think or feel? When they watch your video. And if you have that focus, if you know who your audience is, and if you know where they're going to watch you, listen to you, uh, where you can serve them, and if you also know what the purpose is of the video, that can help you with your focus tremendously. And I do this all the time. Even if I do a quick little video of, you know, a, a training or whatever, I first think of who am I talking to. And I don't just, you know, have this audience of business owners on LinkedIn, but I think of someone I know within that audience, an actual person, so maybe a neighbor or a friend or a colleague, someone I actually know, and I talk to them. And this helps a lot in front of a camera too. So when you're nervous or you don't know how to get that focus or how to use the right tone of voice, which is, of course, also very important in how you come across.
0: I want to come back to that, but I want to ask this question. What about the stuff that goes on up here in our head where people say people are going to judge me? You know, how do we handle that? Because, you know, it's one thing to know who we're serving and the platform and the purpose, but we still might have those little voices in our head that say, I sound like a fool or people are going to judge me. How do we deal with that?
1: Well, I've dealt with this myself by Going through it by failing. So I remember being live on television for the first time. This was really terrible. I don't like talking about this, but I do think it's good to talk about it because, you know, people always think, well, you just like being on camera. That's just you. You were born this way. Nope, not born this way. I'm a very shy, introvert person, don't like being the center of attention at all. So, this does not come natural to me. So, the first time I was live on television, this was probably 2010 in Dallas, CW. And I was, it was nine o'clock in the evening, and I had to do this segment live. And I was standing next to a news anchor who had. <laughs> 300 years of you know experience in television making, he was really good. And I wasn't because I was, I don't know, really young, 22, 23. And he said something. So the thing in television is you always kind of rehearse before you go live, right? So you say, okay, so you kind of say this, and I do that, and you say this. So it's all kind of talked about. So we did our, you know, thing, the segment, and then he said one line that we had not talked about beforehand. And what did I do? I froze. So I just talked about fight or flight. (laughs) Well, there's another one and that's freezing. Well, I experienced that. So I just stood there. Mm. I didn't say anything. I don't think I was breathing. (laughs) I just stood there.
0: Did he rescue you? Did he come to your aid? No?
1: Well, yes, he did. Yes, of course. Yeah. So he looked at me and he was like, okay, so she froze. And then he just continued and pretended everything, you know, was fine.
0: Yeah. But you felt horrible, obviously.
1: (laughs) I felt terrible, but it was so good to go through that because afterwards I remember walking, you know, off the desk and I remember thinking, I'm still here. I survived. Yeah. And of course the next day, he did it again. And the day after that as well. And it's gruesome. It's terrible. But if you go through it, then you train yourself. You really train your body that it's okay. You can go through this and you will survive. You know, you can still breathe. You can still talk. <laughs> you don't have to freeze. So it's really going through it, doing it, failing yeah, and maybe failing many times. And not being afraid to fail. And that is probably the hardest part, right?
0: Well, and I I think you're onto something here because what happens is the more you do the act of talking to a camera, whether it's live or not, the better your brain is prepared for the unexpected, right? And the more flexible you can be and the more willing to roll with the punches. And then eventually you begin to realize that actually that's what people want. And this is really important. People want imperfection. They do not want perfection. I'm watching American Idol and they're giving some of the singers, Hey, you're too perfect. Whew. You need to be willing to make a mistake by trying to go to a higher level with your voice. You know what I mean? And oh,
1: I love that. this is what yes. people want.
0: They want authenticity, not perfection. And yes. that's really important. Don't you agree?
1: It's so important. The moment I let go of being perfect, and trust me, this is still a struggle for me. So (laughs) it's not like I completely let go of this, but, you know, it's still a daily thing to let go of the perfection. Okay. I remember, you know, for years and years, I was making videos. I've been making videos for a long time. And I was making videos on Instagram, making videos on YouTube, Facebook. And one day I started to post a video on LinkedIn which by the way, changed my life, but it was really a very simple video, not perfect at all. It was just a behind the scenes video of an app. I found out, I discovered, uh, it was an app called Calypse that you caption videos automatically.
0: Yeah. On Apple. Yes. Yeah. On your iPhone.
1: Yes. On the iPhone. Exactly. So this was, you know, a few years ago is brand new and I was just, you know, trying to test it out and put that video on LinkedIn and it had So many views and likes and comments, but what was way more interesting, I had so many messages in my inbox of people actually responding on my video and asking me questions on the content. And this was a video that I just, you know, shot while I was filming. And I thought, well, maybe more people should know about this app. This is kind of interesting. I really like this app. Totally not perfect. The moment I stopped trying to create perfect videos is when things start flowing. And I mean this. It really is so true. The moment I let go of creating perfect videos with, you know, perfectly edited, but also perfectly in my makeup and perfect in my doing, perfect with my voice, the moment I let go of that and I started to show people a bit more of who I actually am, (laughs) because that's really what it is, is you decide to show a bit more of who you are, Show a bit more personality, that's when things really started flowing. Things started to grow, and people started to actually notice my videos. And most importantly, people started to connect with me and send me meaningful messages, you know, asking me actual questions about the content I was creating. So I think letting go of perfection is one of the biggest things that has helped me. So, absolutely agree with you on that one.
0: So earlier you mentioned something about energy and let's talk about that a little bit because it's one thing to just let go of perfection. We're not saying you should just wing it, right? We are saying you should have a plan, but it doesn't need to be perfect, but there is something about the energy that your voice springs and that, you know, talk to us a little bit about energy and why that's so important when it comes to video.
1: Oh, it's everything right now. Doing this interview, the way I prepared was trying to have the right energy. And to be honest, right now, I'm really tired.
0: (laughs) But we're having a good conversation and people are locked in, you know.
1: We're having a really good conversation. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to give that energy and be that energy, really. But I do things beforehand, before an interview or before I record a video before I appear on camera, and this might sound silly, but I really do this. I try to scan my body and really feel how, you know, what the energy is. And it doesn't take long, but it's really, you know, quick body scan. What am I feeling?
0: What does that mean? What does that mean exactly? Just so people understand that, scanning your body.
1: So to me, it means I just close my eyes for just five seconds and I feel. So I stop thinking and I feel. So instead of thinking I should do this and I should do that and this is, you know, and I should test my mic and all the things I need to be doing, I listen to my body and I try to see how am I really feeling? What is my energy level? Am I stressed? Am I excited? Am I tired? You know, what am I feeling? And there's two things you can then do. You can either work with that energy or you can try to convert the energy. So if you want to work with the energy, and I do this often, I try to make it part of the video. (laughs) So if I'm excited, which by the way, I often am, you know, excited about an app or whatever, I talk about that app and I, you know, show people that I'm excited. If I'm tired, maybe I can use that in my video as well, because maybe more people are tired and maybe they might connect with me better that way. So I can make it a part of my video
0: how would you if you're tired somehow like help people wrap their brain around what that might look like clearly some of them are listening and like well if pelpina's tired right now then i would wonder what she's like when she's excited cuz <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh cause, sorry cuz you yeah. have a you have
0: a <laughs> lot of energy right now so if you're tired yeah how does that you know the curious yeah. mind in me wants right. yeah okay
1: let me give you an example yeah so at the start of covid I was overwhelmed, as I'm sure a lot of people were, right, with emotion. Right. I really thought, well, you know, there were all these people who had very essential professions, you know, doctors and people who, you know, sell food and people who save people's lives. And here I am making videos. So I felt useless. I felt tired. I was overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with emotion we have three kids and you know they had we had to homeschool them so I was stressed. I was feeling all the feelings. <laughs> and I thought in that moment I was sitting on a chair downstairs and you know, no makeup, just feeling all the feelings I was just talking about. And I thought, well, if I feel this way, more people must be feeling this way. So why shouldn't I just give back? Why don't I just talk about what is happening? Because I had all these cancellations in my agenda. So what I do is I'm a video trainer and I go to companies and I train people to make videos. But of course, everyone was like, well, you cannot come right now because there's COVID. So, you know, I had all these cancellations and I was stressed. And so I just created this video and I said, you know what? I'm really tired. I'm stressed. I'm sitting here and I was wearing Christmas socks. (laughs) I remember this (laughs) because I showed people my Christmas socks and I said, hey, you know what? I think it's time to do something to give back. I'm going to do a free video workshop. I'm going to do it twice. And if you want to be a part of this in your Christmas socks, you can, because <laughs> it doesn't matter what you wear right now, sign up. And I had an overwhelming response. It was absolutely insane.
0: So I want to ask a couple questions. I think I'm hearing what you're saying here. Oof. If you're under pressure or stress, you could come on and say, Hey, everyone, I've got an announcement. It's not really great news. You see how my energy is different? You know, I'm going through some stuff right now and I just want to share it, right? I'm not faking it, even though this case I'm acting. That would be like an example of you being just raw and authentic in your videos versus, hey, everybody, I'm struggling, but, you know, that sounds fake, right? So what I'm hearing you say is lean in, and let out a little bit of what is going on. Is that really what I'm hearing you say?
1: That is exactly what I meant. Yes. And it's in tiny things. So I always start my videos with a smile, right? Yeah. Hi. One video before I did my book launch, we created a bunch of videos, my husband and I. My husband, his name is Rick. And so he was filming, but he filmed before I said hi. So I was just sitting on this chair And he said, hi, and I was, you know, looking pretty serious. I don't know, because I was working and I looked up with my serious face and then I saw his camera and I started smiling. And I know this is very small, but this is, you know, how small things can make a big difference. The first two seconds I had to decide, am I going to crop it off the video? Am I going to take it off? You know, the first two seconds where I'm not smiling, where I'm just sitting there being all serious and (laughs) looking up and then I'm smiling and I decided to just leave it there. And the funny thing is, Mike, I had so many responses of people on that video because of the start. Yeah. They said, I really like to see more of your normal face. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just so fascinating because I had never thought of it that way. But people really just wanted to see me. And, you know, and so I started to change. Little things every once in a while. I mean, it's still a struggle. You know, I still try to, you know, right. be perfect and smile all the time. And, but sometimes I just kind of leave in a few things and lean into what I'm actually feeling, as you said.
0: Well, you said that you can work with the energy that you have or you can try converting it. Talk to me about how we try to convert it because in some cases, we might just be distracted before we're about to film because we're dealing with something in our personal life, right? And we don't want it to come across when we actually hit record. How can we take what's happening that might be not positive in our life or in our job and convert it into positive energy before we hit record? Because I think people would find that interesting.
1: Yes. And it's really difficult. Let me tell you that first. Mm. It's okay if it takes you a little while to get into it. You don't have to hit record and then have a one take wonder. I don't. Sometimes it takes me 20 minutes to get into it, to have that right energy. And so I do things to be more comfortable or to have that right energy. And it's silly. You know, I do silly things to kind of look okay on camera. So one thing I do, for example, is sometimes I hang upside down.
0: Literally hang upside down.
1: Literally hang upside down. Do
0: you have a device in your house or you just like, (laughs) you lean off a couch or something?
1: On my feet. No, just on my feet. It's nothing too crazy.
0: Okay. So for those listening to the audio, Palpina is essentially in a chair and she just leaned over and put her head between her legs. That's what I hear you saying. Exactly. Okay, good.
1: And it really, what you do is you just loosen up and you just let go. Right. Okay. And if you do that for a minute or two minutes, you have to let go. You have to just stop thinking and just let go. Mm. And if you breathe while you do that, it really helps you calm and let go of perhaps some stress that you have. If you don't have the two minutes, because I know sometimes you don't have two minutes, you can also breathe. What I learned is one of the best ways to breathe and make your body calmer is to do quick inhales like this and then breathe out longer. (sighs) okay through your mouth so if you do that maybe even just you know two or three times it really helps you calm down another thing you can do to convert your energy because if you may be tired <laughs> if you have children like i do <laughs> if they keep you up at night and then you still have to work the next day you just still have to look all doubly in front of a camera trust me i know i know. <laughs> what that's like. So, you know, what you can do, I'm sure you've heard about this, Mike, is, you know, when you stand like this, like a Superman, superwoman pose.
0: I've not heard this. Oh, really? No. So hands on the hips. Okay.
1: Right. So this is a superman or superwoman pose. And if you stand like this for a few minutes, studies have shown that people who do this before taking an exam actually feel more confident if they stand like this. So I always do this before I do a presentation or if I'm nervous for a live stream or something, I stand like this. Another thing you can do is put your hands up, like up in the air, like you just won something. I do that. Because what do you do when you win a game or you win, you know, like, I don't know, a sports game? You (laughs) put your hands up. Yeah. Right. You do this. So you can do that before you have to do something difficult, like talking to a camera. (laughs) And you get that energy before you have to perform. So there is a lot of physical little exercises you can do.
0: I have a couple things to add. I take my shoes off, believe it or not when I'm doing interviews. So I have no shoes on right now, Really? but normally I wear shoes and I just take them off and I'm more comfortable if I'm not in my shoes when I'm doing this recording. Nice. I also will like do these stretches where I'll like my, you know, muscles in my back are kind of tight. So I'll do a couple of stresses. I'll get a couple of coughs out of the way. You know what I mean? it's
1: yes, Good. Good.
0: So I'll just kind of, you know, put my arms out, spin them around a little bit before I go, you know, to do it. And sometimes I'll jump up and down. Like if I have a cameraman with me, I'll probably just move a little bit, just kind of like, just to get a little action to kind of bring that energy, you know? Yes. I mean, I don't know what it does, but it somehow gets the blood flowing. It seems, I don't know.
1: It really does. Yes. I see people jump yeah. Or dance a little bit. Well, I love what you said about stretching because yeah. if you do a little body scan, if you, you know, think how do I feel? What is my body like right now? And you feel like maybe I'm a little tense here, yeah. then you will start doing this. Yeah. And so what I see is when people hit record, oftentimes if you are a bit stressed or nervous, you hit record and you immediately start talking, right? So you hit record and it's like <gasps> and then you start talking. Yeah. What you can also do is hit record and wait yes just wait love it and you know just breathe do that maybe dance as you said do a little dance do a little stretch whatever you have to do Put your arms up a little bit until you think okay now i'm feeling better and you can also do the same thing if you are in the midst of a recording And then all of a sudden you don't remember your lines or, you know, you feel like you get stuck, you get tongue tied, then you can do that as well just to kind of loosen up again. (laughs) It really does help.
0: (laughs) I love it. And you know, what's great about just hitting record and not starting to talk right away is some of that footage might be worth using. Like you mentioned earlier, right?
1: Absolutely. Yes.
0: Some of that footage might be those outtakes that you stick in there. Like I do quirky stuff, like I'll mess up my words or I'll just do weird stuff sometimes. And I just sometimes keep it in, you know, when I used to do a lot more videos and people loved seeing that kind of stuff that just loved seeing a side of me that maybe I don't necessarily show the world every day. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But it's true.
1: It's so true. We, We want to see those things as well. Right. So if I interview someone, I often hit record before they sit down. Because oftentimes those little moments you can definitely use later on in videos. So yes, I love that.
0: Okay, first of all, this has been golden and I've got a couple more things that we're gonna dig in on even more gold coming everyone. So let's say that I've been doing video for a little while and I'm just not super happy with my performance. What are some of the things that we can do to improve so that we can get better over time? Because we all know that our worst video is typically our first video, right? And over time we get better, but we don't get better if we don't take certain kinds of actions. So what steps could we take to become better?
1: Well, this is really good because you first have to know yourself, which is really hard. You have to understand and know yourself and you have to look at yourself on camera, which by the way, is that's a hard thing for a lot of us to do anyway. So what I would recommend, and this is something I do with people I train and coach is I say, let's record a good story, a memory, a nice memory you have, maybe a nice holiday memory. And just talk about that. Just tell me. So talk for maybe 10 minutes about this nice holiday you had to Italy and tell me the things you did and what it was like, what was the weather like and all the things you did. Just talk and do that for about 10 minutes or longer, whatever you need, until you think, okay, this is me. This is me talking. Then you hit stop. And then you look back at yourself and you probably will see the first part of your video. Maybe you're a little tense or nervous. You didn't know what to do with your hands. Maybe you didn't have a lot of facial expression yet or what was your you know, body language doing. And then the further the video, along the video, you will see, hopefully, things changing a little bit. You will hear it in your voice. So a lot of us, when we're nervous, we stop breathing well, right? So we start breathing really high, which makes our voice higher as well. A lot of women have that too, actually. But research actually has shown if you want to have a strong, convincing voice, you probably want your voice to be a little bit lower. So hopefully you will see through the video that your voice changes. Maybe you slow down a little bit. Maybe you see yourself breathing again, maybe even smiling, or maybe sometimes your eyes get white, or you use your eyebrows, you use your hands. So look at yourself in the latter part of the video and see what do I actually look like? What do I sound like? How do I use my hands? What do I do with my voice? What is a normal way for me to speak? What kind of words do I use? What kind of tone of voice do I have? When do I pause? And this is really a way to get to know yourself because you normally don't look at yourself this way. At least I don't know a lot of people who look at themselves in the mirror and, you know, talk to themselves each day, every day. So this is a little exercise to just get to know yourself and get to know your own body language. And then what I really would like to recommend you to do is to show your video to someone else. Not yourself, you're probably your own worst judge, right? You will look at that video and judge yourself and think everything is terrible, that you sound terrible, that you look terrible. But show that video to someone who knows you, someone who's close to you, and ask them, Is that me? <laughs> is that me? And if they say, Yeah, that's you, that's how you talk. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, you do that thing with your nose or whatever, that's you. Then if there are certain things that you would like to change, Or improve. Maybe you want to be less nervous with your hands (laughs) or stop twisting your hair. (laughs) Whatever it is that you notice, I would recommend to just do one at a time.
0: One what at a time?
1: Try to work on one improvement at a time.
0: Ah, okay.
1: Right. So if maybe you notice that you don't smile often and you would like to look more friendly, I had to practice smiling more. So you can start off with whenever I hit record, the first thing I do is I smile. <laughs> and then whenever I end a sentence, the last thing I do is I smile. And once you do that a few times and it's in your system, then you move on to the next thing. So maybe it's the hair thing or maybe what you do with your hands because you know they become pretty useless when you're talking in front of a camera, all of a sudden people don't know what to do with their hands anymore. But what I would recommend is, you know, don't look at yourself and be a judge and think, oh, you know, I have to just overhaul, (laughs) change everything. No, that is really difficult to do, but look at a few things and try to improve one at a time. But, you know, really try to be you. That's the most important thing. Be you, (laughs) which is also the most difficult thing.
0: I want to talk about body language and voice, but First, I want to talk about voice. I took a nice long pause there intentionally. White space is super important. And I feel like a lot of people feel like they have to speak faster when they're on camera because for whatever reason, they have to get it all out. But if you can take a pause at the right moment and you can change your vocal tone to express excitement... And you can slow down in those little moments. I mean, those are the kind of things that take a little bit of practice, but those are the kind of things that allow your message to be received by the other party. And the one thing I want to really drive home is if you have a really important sentence you're about to say, you need to pause after you say it to give people time to process it. Would you agree?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes.
0: Now, let's talk about nonverbals. Let's talk about body language a little bit, like stances and stuff. Some people can't control it, right? But It's the hardest thing to control because it's almost subliminal. But do you have any tips or feedback on body language?
1: Yes. Okay. So oftentimes we forget to turn on our body language. Okay. Yes. So it's something you can actually turn on or learn how to kind of work with it. So one thing that is difficult to almost everyone who, you know, is talking to a camera, standing in front of a camera is the hands. These things are useless when you're in front of a camera, all of a sudden they have no purpose. So what do I do with my hands? So people, you know, start putting, you know, they don't know, they don't know what to do with them. You can, for example, put something in your hands.
0: Oh, I like that. Like there's a (laughs) coffee mug in her hands right now for people that are listening.
1: Oh, sorry. Yes. So there's, you know, a big coffee mug in my hands. Uh, It could be a glass of water. It could be a pen, you know, or like a book or whatever, something that just kind of sits there and that can really help calm people down. You know, I do this all the time and I see the hands going, you know, doing all crazy things. I say, hey, maybe you just hold this and be like, oh, thank you. Now I have something. Now my hands have purpose.
0: Now you have a prop and it could have your logo on it, right?
1: (laughs) Of course. You could talk about a product that you want to feature in your video and you can hold it in your hands and it gives your hands something to do. So that's one thing. Another thing is to have an open body language. I'm sure we've all heard about this. We've all seen this. So you don't want your arms to be crossed over, of course, but you also don't want them to be behind your back. It's like you're hiding something, maybe. So one thing I've read is if people can see your hands every once in a while and see your wrists, which I think is interesting. But if people can see your wrists every once in a while, so then you have to do this. (laughs) Um, So you have to open your hands. They trust you faster. How interesting is that? So I am a firm believer in using your hands. Some people say, don't use your hands too much of course, you don't want to be, you know, waving around. But I do believe that you should use your hands every once in a while, if you want to make a point, because it's very natural. The most natural thing to do is use your hands when you're talking. And same thing goes for expression. And that's not just smiling, right? So Sometimes we think, well, just smile. Well, it's not just smiling. You can speak with your eyes, mm. with your eyebrows, with the way you move your head. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I tilt my head just like this, I <laughs> I don't like you at all.
0: Yeah, but if I look down and then look up with my eyes, that means something too, right?
1: Yes, yes. It's these tiny little things that make a big difference. And if you're aware of this and you can practice this, you can practice this in front of a mirror or while you're taking pictures and just... Kind of see what it does. If I tilt my head backwards a little bit, what does it do? Or if I smile or use my eyebrows or my Uh, eyes, it does a lot of different things. Those small things that in everyday life, we turn on automatically whenever we're talking to someone. But in front of a camera, we forget to turn those on. So again, if you look at yourself and you notice those small things and then you can start practicing with, uh, do I use my eyes? Do I speak with my eyes as well? Do I speak with my eyebrows (laughs) or can I practice doing that a little bit more?
0: Palpina, this has been really solid gold and I would love you to tell people and some people are like, no, don't stop. Where can people discover more about you if they want to learn more about the great things you've got going on?
1: Well, you can find me anywhere online. If you just Google Palpina, which is P-E-L-P-I-N-A or go to my website, pelpina.com, (laughs) pelpina.academy. You can find me on LinkedIn, which is really where I hang out. (laughs) So I would love to link and connect. And I share a lot of videos there with more tips on camera confidence and also creating videos as well.
0: Pelpina Trip, thank you for giving so many people today confidence. And I want to challenge everyone to go ahead and put some of this stuff to the test and share this with others that you think maybe could benefit from this. Palpina, I can't wait to have you back someday in the future. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate your invitation to come back. And I would love to come back someday, of course. So thank you.
0: See you next time. I'll say that one more time. See you next time. See you next time. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> this is a great example if you decide to keep this in on the video about how like you got to work on your inflection. See you next time. <laughs> now let's keep it in the audio too <laughs> I love it. see you next time you know. bye bye <laughs> hey if you missed anything we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 511 and if you're new to the show be sure to follow us if you've been a long time listener would you let your friends know about this show I'm at Stelsner on Instagram this brings us to the end of yet another episode of the social media marketing podcast I'm your host Michael Stelzner I'll be back with you next week